What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. ...by three Falcon 9 boosters is being sent into orbit on a classified military mission. The Powerball jackpot is getting bigger. Lottery officials say no one picked all six numbers in last night's drawing. That means tomorrow night's jackpot in the multi-state lottery will be worth $416 million. The odds of matching all five numbers and the Powerball number is 1 in 293 million. You're listening to The Latest. I'm Tammy Trujillo. You're listening to KCAA Loma Linda at 106.5 FM K293CF Moreno Valley. all the foundations. I'm your host, Steve Matley. We are on KCAA 1050 AM all over Southern California. If you miss us live, you can always catch us on your streaming platforms. We are on Roku, we are on Amazon Fire, and we are also on the Android on the Building Solid Foundations channel. Check us out there with lots of other great shows. Today, I'm talking with Lloyd Siegel. Lloyd Siegel is the president of the Los Angeles Real Estate Investors Club. He is an author, a real estate investor, a mentor, a national public speaker, and he is the former president of the Will Rogers Polo Club. Welcome, Lloyd. Well, welcome to you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I really appreciate having you on the show. Um, I was fortunate to um, visit Lloyd's club back in November. He had me speak there. It's a, it's actually a fantastic group, a lot of energy, um, a lot of vendors that come out. You can meet people that are doing the things you need to do if you have any interest in real estate, whether you're just kicking the tires or you have a multi-million dollar portfolio. It's a great place to come visit. So I would encourage you to get involved with that. So let's get into a little bit of Lloyd, where he came from, what he does, and how he got into the real estate business because he had a little bit of a circuitous trip to get to the real estate investing world. Uh, so uh, originally, Lloyd, you came out of Pittsburgh. Is that correct? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, go Steelers. Ghost dealers, okay. And uh, that's also the Penguins, I believe. Is that right? Penguins, yes. And the Pirates. Don't forget the, the Pirates. Pirates. Yes, it's Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, they were in, when I the first World Series I ever remember as a small child was in the early 70s, and Pittsburgh Pirates were in the World Series. And I yeah. forgot who they were well, playing. Your family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, and, and then you were also you were an athlete yourself, uh, cross country, basketball, and, well, debate's not so much athletics, it's mental calisthenics. Well, it was, <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> great, great. And, and obviously debate led, I would assume, towards your wanting to go into the legal field. Is that correct? Right. Because that's what law is, really. It's, it's debates. It's, it's making a case. And, and a lot of people misunderstand debate. Uh, they think debate is arguing. They think debate is trying to um, win a position at all costs. And that's really not what debate is. Debate is very forensic, actually. It's very, uh, you have to be able to, a good debater can, can take either side of an issue and sell it. Oh yeah, that yeah. was our job to be able to, at, on a moment's notice, get a get a different side of a story and argue it. That's right. And so even if you personally agreed with one side of the story, you may have to make the case for the opposite side. Which is the same thing we do in the law. That's right. And and the great thing about that is, and I think we've lost that in our culture a little bit. Um, everything's kind of polarized, and people need to understand if you can really understand and embrace the opposing point of view, you will understand your own point of view better, either to the point that you change your mind because you realize how uninformed you were, or you're more solid in your beliefs and you actually have facts and reasons for why you believe what you do. Very good point. I spend my time, a lot of time watching uh, not just CNN, but also Fox and also MSNBC, because you got to hear all sides. 
And, and you, honestly, you're not going to get the full story unless you go to the, the polar opposites. And you, you can even go more extreme than that. And you can get into uh, like Young Turks or something and also contrast that with like uh, the Daily Wire or something like those very, very opposites. And, and you will, while you have to cull through that carefully, you will actually through that process maybe get enough of all the pieces necessary to really put the full story together. Yeah, I love particularly now reading The Economist out of London because they always seem to have the most objective, sane approach to any economic issue. Yeah, economic and world news. Uh, the Economist, um, I think, was the one publication most responsible for getting me through my MBA program when I had to write all those papers. Oh. That was my. That was my. I had to go through a lot of other sources than that, but that was my first go-to source. Ah, so you already appreciate it. Yes, yes, I had a subscription to them for many, many years, and I, I still appreciate reading their articles. And I agree with you. I think they're probably the most well, well researched and balanced. Um, there's no perfect, but it's 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 pretty well presented. So uh, now you also uh, you you worked with the traveling circus and a petting zoo. That's oh, an, God. That's an that unusual occupation. That's in my Wikipedia. Yeah. Yes, it is. I, I, I was a senior in in high school, graduated, and, and had uh, the summer off before college, and um, I needed work. I was unemployed, in Pittsburgh, okay. Pennsylvania. And in there was something. There used to be something called newspapers. Do you remember newspapers? Well, I remember newspapers. Like, we used to use them to line the birdcage with. Yeah, right. But you also <laughs> could read them. Yes, you could. And they put fish and chips inside of them. But and you can make paper mache animals out of them. <laughs> we did that too. We did that too. And um, I saw looking for a job for the summer. I saw it says work with animals, and I had been with horses my whole life. And um, and I applied for the job, had no idea what it was, and it was to work for a traveling circus in the Midwest, uh, handling as, a, as an animal wrangler, to work with the animals uh, during the circus days and nights and as we traveled. It turned out to be a wild, wild job, and I still have some dear friends from that experience. It was uh, a summer of uh, traveling and uh, living in the back of a pickup truck, literally, and uh, uh, cleaning, washing, and training animals. And that's almost a dream job for a boy that age. Every boy it dreams was. of growing up and running away and joining the circus. Well, that's <laughs> what my girlfriend said. She, Lloyd ran away and joined the circus. <laughs> yeah, that, that is great. See, I love the little things like that because I think those are the life experiences that actually have a lot to do with what brings us to where we are and makes us who we are, and they seem so off off the beaten track they seem so i'll, I'll like, tell you something that you're absolutely true in terms of a life experience because the circus was a seven day a week job we we performed six days a week and on the seventh day we traveled so we had to get into trucks and and the 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 semis and drive to the next city and so the deal was the, uh the, the 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 circus people told us that the sooner we got up in the morning and we drove to the next city, the sooner we'd have the rest of the day off. And so the circus hands, the wranglers, uh, we'd, we'd get up at uh, three, four in the morning and not have any coffee, not have any food and start driving because it was typically six to seven hours, eight hours to the next city. And we would uh, maybe stop halfway in between and have somebody eat and feed the animals. But uh, usually if we left three, four in the morning, by 10 a.m., 11 a.m., we were in the next city, we'd unpack, and then everyone was aggressive about that because we had the rest of the day off to, was our, our one holiday. And you're also driving when there's probably no cars on the road. True, that's also true. It made us go a little bit faster. Yeah, when my, my dad, when I was young, when we'd take any trips anywhere, he'd always made us leave by four o'clock in the morning because we have to drive through LA to get anywhere and he hated driving LA freeways. So even now I still get up early and if I have to be in court or something, I'm two hours early. My, my friends and my family tease me that I'm at the airport so early before a flight. It's just what I do. Yeah, that's, my that's better than training. alternative. There you go. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. So um, the other thing, I, a seven day a week job, when you're handling animals, Animals are seven days a week because they have to eat every day, they poop every day, they need to be taken care of every day. They don't take a day off of, of their lives either, so you have to take care of them. But so, the workers, um, as you can imagine, the workers were real hardcore, tattooed, hair slicked back, hard, 
core they, workers. And carnage, they, got paid, yeah. they got paid daily. Yeah, so yeah. Everyone got paid, and these guys would go off when they got paid and buy night train and go into woods and never return. So one of the <laughs> constant <laughs> challenges of the circus and the managers was to um, to always be hiring new people, roustabouts that would travel with us. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of the, uh, I guess, almost a stereotype of a carny is, is and that like kind of person. Like yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, kind of itinerant type people. Uh, so you also, uh, as a in, in school, you actually produced a television show um, on WQED TV. Yeah. So you got to really start in media. Fred Rogers, the same okay. station, WQED Channel 13, Pittsburgh, but it was broadcasted um, all over the East Coast. Fantastic. And I, that's so later we're going to talk about how you got uh, more into the entertainment business a little later. But in between, you went to law school and um, you went to law school. Well, first, you went business After, administration, yeah. pre-law, right? Business administration and pre-law. Boston University. Right. So you were planning on going to law school, obviously, right. if you were doing pre-law. Right. And, and business admins, I think, a good pre-law if you want to go into that side of, was, of the legal field. Yeah, I, I have an MBA myself. I always tell people it's really a CPA. That just means I couldn't pass again. <laughs> I got through once. So, <laughs> and and during that time, you also were a disc jockey too. So you were you were on the radio on the radio station at the uh, at Boston University WBUR Boston. Okay, great, great. So so you were you were cutting your chops, and then you became a, a concert director. I guess a pr producing concerts, a, a promoter. My junior and senior year, I produced the concerts at the university. Um, and then when I graduated, I uh, did that for the, the summer around Boston. Okay. And so your Wikipedia page says that you, um, you probably met these people if you were producing their concerts. The Who, James Taylor, right. Jefferson Airplane, Richie Havens, Dionne Warwick, Seals and Cross, uh, Tim Harden, Chamber Brothers, Tom Rush. Uh, Chicago, Chuck Berry. That that sounds like a list of people that any good uh, music fan would kill to be able to meet those people. That was my senior year. I produced all those concerts at Boston University. Yeah, did, that, you, did you mention James Taylor? Yeah, James Taylor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's fantastic, and 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 it's great to. Um, it's great to have got to meet those people because especially now, since most of them are getting older and we're losing some every year, it's great to have, have a chance to not just have heard the music live, but to actually meet the individuals that were responsible. I, I, and I'm, I'm a big, big music fan uh, from a slightly different era, but still, I, you know, I didn't get to meet many of those people. So that list of people to me is very impressive. And then you did what every college student wants to do, and that's hitchhike across Europe. Across Europe. Yes, I hitchhike across Europe, and 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 you volunteered. Now I don't know what uh, Kibbutz Amir is, and Kibbutz Amir Israel. is in Israel. I um I'd actually gone to law school right out of undergraduate and did it for six months, nine months, and dropped out. Okay. Went to Europe. Told my dad I enrolled at University of Innsbruck, but I actually hadn't because what I was really doing was if you enroll in the University of Innsbruck, you get a free ski pass for the winter. Oh, okay. So That's got, a good way to get a ski my pass. My dad paid for the pass, and I got to ski all year in the in the Alps, in uh, Aksamlitsum, where they had the Olympics. That's and then amazing. When, when the seasons turned to summer, then I hitchhiked across Europe. God, I haven't talked about this in a million years. I hitchhiked yeah. across Europe, down into Italy, got a boat to Greece, and then to Israel, and then went to work on a, on a kibbutz in Israel. Fantastic. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about your legal career. This is Building Solid Foundations. We are talking to Lloyd Siegel. He's the president of the Los Angeles Real Estate Investor Club. And we'll be right back after this short break. Don't go anywhere. Fire Up Connect is the most innovative business networking group. Supporting and collaborating with a dozen of small businesses that are interested in building and establishing strong business connections. Hosting educational live seminars while carrying out business and community-driven projects, as well as marketing programs as a part of its membership program. FireUp Connect also offers virtual assistance with a wide range of services including, inbound customer support, chat support, appointment setting and email management, graphic designing video editing, web design and development, social media marketing, e-commerce solution, content writing, and much more. For more information, head on over to www.fireupconnect.com. Fire Up Connect, helping success stories unfold every day.
This is Steve Matley. Join me every Thursday at 3 p.m. right here on KCAA for Building Solid Foundations Radio Talk Show. I spent decades as a professional construction manager, business owner, real estate developer, and a college educator, and I enjoy learning new things from other people. We talk a lot about real estate, business, and finance, but we cover a diverse range of other topics as well. Some of the topics we've discussed in the past few months include real estate investing, leadership, higher education, ADUs, marketing using technology, multifamily rental property, business strategy, entrepreneurship. You never know who may show up or what they may talk about. So join us right here on KCAA for Building Solid Foundations Radio. Hi, this is Jim McLaughlin with Effective Action Consulting, and I've been a member of Fire Up Connect for gosh, probably three years now. And what I really like about Fire Up Connect is the unique model that we go through, that we follow the agenda, so to speak, in the meeting that really has us uh, get engaged and involved with each other uh, in, in the meetings. It's not that we're individuals, it's that we're all really working together to better um, ourselves, our businesses, and the community through the projects that, that we work on. So I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to network with people in this environment. And it's really um, impacted my business in a big way. So take a look. Are you a real estate investor looking for a new opportunity in one of the top tourist destinations in the world? Look no further. Welcome to Punta Cana. Perla Bahia is a private resort-style community in Punta Cana that consists of modern condos, custom villas, and various commercial amenities. So if you're interested in learning more or joining us on one of our monthly investment tours, don't hesitate to contact me today at 909-494-2280. Welcome back to Building Solid Foundations. I'm your host, Steve Matley. Today we are talking to Lloyd Siegel. He is the president of the Los Angeles County Real Estate Investor Association. Uh, we, in the first segment, we were just having a fun ride through Lloyd's past because I just thought that was interesting, all the crazy things he'd done. And, and those are the things that kind of develop us and make us who we are. But after all that, uh, Lloyd went, in, went to law school and he became an attorney. And um, he, you worked for um, an entertainment law firm, is that correct? Yeah, Diamond, Tillam, Cole, and Emory in Beverly Hills. Okay. And there um, you met uh, probably a lot more of these top name celebrity uh, entertainers, songwriters, and singers, um, and actually got yourself a platinum record out of that deal. So, oh, so you, you, you're skipping ahead there. I, at the law firm, I was buried in the back in the books, and um, okay. our biggest client was uh, David Bowie. Okay. Uh, um, many artists, but David Bowie and Marvin Gaye were our two biggest artists at the time. But they didn't let me do anything other than draft recording contracts because okay. I was the new young punk in the office. And after, I don't know, a year or two years, I realized that the only way to become successful and what the other partners were telling me was, you want to become successful as a lawyer in the entertainment business, you better start finding clients. So in the evenings, I would have to go out to all the clubs constantly and look at bands and um, sign bands as a lawyer with and then try to get them recording contracts. So I did that for a while. So you, you become their agent is what you're doing. Yeah, glorified right. agent manager, right. more of a manager. Okay. With the understanding that at the time was a lot of lawyers in the entertainment business and the music business were doing this. And... Um, uh, and so I couldn't really, I really, really wanted to leave the firm and go on my own, but I couldn't do that until I found an artist. And boy, did I find an artist. <laughs> okay. And so now uh, it mentioned that you got your platinum record because of Nick Gilder's big hit, Hot Child in the City. Was he your first uh, client? He was not my first client. He was my biggest. Um, okay. I had a lot of clients during that period that I signed and nurtured and worked with and handle all their legal aspects um, and and eventually produced. But Nick was the first one that really broke wide open. Yeah, and I, I, I remember that song extremely well. I was in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in high school that at that era and that, that song was all over the place. It was and it was in several movies too, I believe. So yeah. So it's I, I just thought it interesting that a, an attorney could get themselves a platinum record. Uh, oh, they gave it to great. It's the manager I I yeah. received that. Yeah, I think that's great. So, yeah. um, all right, and then 
Uh, you also produced, and this this one I really like because one of my favorite movies of all time. You produced the soundtrack for, and that's Airplane. The, well, hold on. So you, right? you skipped ahead. What, what okay. was happening was so I was representing different artists uh, traveling around the country, and um, and at some point I started producing the albums that would be going out on the labels. And I was offered a recording deal my, with my own record label through uh, MCA Universal. Okay. And so I formed a record company called Regency Records, which was distributed by UCA, uh, MCA. And um, we put out a, a couple different records, but soundtracks. And you're talking about the uh, getting nominated for a Grammy. Is that what you're asking about? Well, no, this was, you, you it says you produced the soundtrack for Airplane, the movie. Yeah. So what happened was um, movies during those, this is, it's like a foreign territory now, but movies then had soundtracks. Every, so every movie had a soundtrack. I started, yes. I started being offered soundtracks. And one of the soundtracks I was offered was the movie Airplane. And I mean, people like, how can you have a soundtrack for a comedy album? Yeah. But most people think that's only for musicals. Right. But I remember there used to be dialogue soundtracks, yes. And so I brought some of the actors in the studio. I lifted some of the stuff. MCA Universal gave me permission to take some of it. And we recommitted the movie to an album with all dialogue and music. And it was great. It was really a fun job. And um, we shadow Stevens. We had to create a narration because it's it's a soundtrack. It's not a movie. So we had to lead people along the listener's tongue. And lo and behold, it it got nominated for a Grammy Best Comedy Album of the Year. Unfortunately, I lost to Richard Pryor that okay. year because he had survived uh, catching on fire. Yes, ran down the street on fire, which will get people's I, I attention. I wasn't willing to yes. compete with that. Exactly. Uh, well, I was saying the other big comedian I would see at, at that time would have been Steve Martin had his big albums out, and he was enormous what, at that time. Right. Not during that year, but uh, overall, that during yeah. that period of time, he had several uh, successful albums. I yeah. followed it up with the History of the World with Mel Brooks. Oh, did you? Movie, okay. History of the World Part Two, which didn't nearly do as well, but it was, it was <laughs> fun. And a couple other movies I did soundtracks to. All right. So, so you eventually, in 1990, you shifted out of that and got into the real estate world. And, of course, that's where I know you're from is the real estate I mean, world. And, let me tell you why, though, because that's the best story of all. Okay. So I had just signed an artist to uh, Warner Brothers, and I got a big advance. So my uh, dad, uh, who's been in real estate his whole life, said to me, Lloyd, I'll make you a deal. If whatever amount you money you want to commit, I'll, I'll partner with you 50-50 and, and go buy a house in L.A. Because I was really not involved with real estate at all. And obviously he had done really, really well and wanted me to participate. I had rejected him all through grade school and high school back in Pittsburgh. Because to me, real estate took him away from being with me. Right. He was always doing his real estate. So I, and I didn't want to go with him. Anyway, um, so I, I don't remember the the dollar signs now, but maybe tw I got twenty five thousand, and he had twenty. He matched it for twenty five thousand. So we bought a house in Van Nuys for a hundred thousand, something like that, and got a loan for fifty. Anyway. Uh, I went on the road with the artist and um, who was it? I think it was John Stewart, not the comedian, but the guy from the Kingston Trio who eventually went on his own as an artist traveling with the Fleetwood Mac. And um, anyway, we, we went to Europe and uh, like a year later and um, when I when I got back to the United States, we landed on the plane the record company announced that they had dropped John from the label. It's like, oh my God. I called my dad and I said, they, they've they dropped John Stewart from Warner Brothers. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Now I have to worry about, about making a living. And my dad said, by the way, how's the house going? Which I hadn't even thought about because I had a guy managing. I go, oh dad, the house is doubled in value. It's worth 200,000 now, not 100,000. But, but dad, what am I gonna do about Mortis? And, and my dad, so, so wise and astute, looked at me, said to me on the phone, Lloyd, look what you just said. The house has doubled in value, but your, but your recording artist doesn't have a record deal anymore. He says, what does that tell you about real estate? 
boy, it was like a lightning bolt went off and I turned a corner and never went back. Um, and from the next day I was involved with real estate in the midst of a record company and 10 employees and label uh, records coming out. All I could care about was buying real estate and um, being an investor. And I really have never turned back. Yeah, you know, I found, so one thing I've always found interesting is that there are a lot of careers that come with a lot of prestige um, and a lot of positions that come with a lot of prestige. And there's others that most people aren't too impressed with, but they come with good compensation and solid compensation that keeps going. A real estate investor is not something that impresses a lot of people, but it's pretty, it, it tends to work pretty well if you're in the right markets. In Southern California, real estate doubles every 15 years like clockwork, no matter what goes on in between that 15, year, 15 years. It's been doing that since the end of World War II. Um, and I think about that coming out of my background. I, I was a contractor construction manager and I worked with a lot of like architects. Architects are very prestigious. You introduce yourself at a party as an architect and everybody's really impressed. Like that is so cool. And I happen to really admire architects and what they do. Most of them don't make a lot of money. Uh, most of them have a lot of school, a lot of college debt. They, they work uh, for peanuts for at least three, four years to earn a right to take a very difficult exam. Construction managers, nobody's impressed with. Nobody even knows what it does. And they said they do very well, make pretty good money. And then you, you can parlay that into like development if you've coupled that with real estate and there's no ceiling. And so I find there's there's a, a difference in those things. So you go from recording, which probably paid pretty well while it paid well, but it was also very prestigious. People are impressed. You know these people, you know. And then you go to real estate investing and it's like, okay, so, but that's where money is and it's solid and it's consistent. Yeah, so true. So, and people have to kind of figure out what works best for them. It may be at different stages of life, different things work. So, so you went in, you started doing real estate investing, and you're still doing that. Uh, you wrote your first book in 1996. And we're going to go, by the end of the show, I'm going to go through all the different books you've written. But you wrote your first book. It was Stop Foreclosure uh, Now, and it was specifically for California. Is that correct? Yeah. What was happening was, uh, if you remember back in 1996, the economy was in the doldrums foreclosures were exceedingly high and I, I was practicing law and clients were saying to me what do we do what do we do we don't want to lose our house and I found myself not just going through the courts but just helping people out in different alternatives how to save their property and I finally just put it into a book I said I'm going to write this and right. uh, Nolo Press put it put it out did really well yeah, and every every downturn has some reason for it. Nine, the mid '90s, that downturn really was because of the uh, demilitarization. It was uh, closing down the bases and all the aerospace industry. And LA, huge aerospace industry. The whole West Side is all aerospace, all along the 405, and all those uh, Lockheed and McDonnell Douglas and Boeing, everybody pulling out, closing down Hughes, all those companies. Yeah, uh, Collins, all those companies. And so there was a lot of people laying off. There was a Michael Douglas movie that kind of was based around that, 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 that laid off, off defense worker that kind of went crazy. And and that that's what was happening back then. So you're right. That was a, that was a deep recession. Now by the end of the tail end of the '90s, it was coming up a little bit because of the dot com bubble. But um, in the mid '90s, it was it was hurting a lot of bases closing down, a lot of aerospace contracts being canceled. Uh, so and that's helping people avoid losing their homes. Uh, my sister actually wrote a book uh, in the early 2000s based on the same thing, uh, same idea. Uh, she called it "Help! I Can't Pay My Mortgage." <laughs> and it's, yeah, and it's, and it's, it's, it's yeah, and so that was really more of a. Uh, her book is a little more of a. Um, how do you say? Financial Literacy 101 is really what it is for people. What's interesting so, is that I originally wrote the book for lawyers to help lawyers help people. Right. The book was uh, 800,000 pages. Oh, wow. And, and when we took it to the publishers, they said there wasn't enough of a market for lawyers to have a book like this. So my agent, uh, Peter Fleming, may he rest in peace, took the book uh, to uh, publishers and he said, this is perfect for Nolo. Nolo looked at the 800 pages and said, we can put it out, but you have to do two things. Number one, put it in English. And number two, make it uh, 200 pages or less. So cut out 600 pages because no one's going to, anyone in foreclosure that has an 800 page book are not going to read it. They're going to use That's it, right. to put it in the fireplace to stay warm. Or, or, or to pack their stuff up that they're moving. Yeah. yeah. So I had a, they uh, took their editor and I over another year and a half. It took a year and a half 
to edit that book down to two, less than 200 pages and put in jargon that made sense to people in everyday language. All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back into the short break. We're talking to Lloyd Siegel. He is the president of the Los Angeles County Real Estate Investor Association. And this is Building Solid Foundations. I'm your host, Steve Matley. We'll be right back after this. Fire Up Connect is the most innovative business networking group. Supporting and collaborating with a dozen of small businesses that are interested in building and establishing strong business connections. Hosting educational live seminars while carrying out business and community-driven projects, as well as marketing programs as a part of its membership program. FireUp Connect also offers virtual assistance with a wide range of services including, inbound customer support, chat support, appointment setting and email management, graphic designing video editing, web design and development, social media marketing, e-commerce solution, content writing and much more. For more information, head on over to www.fireupconnect.com. Fire Up Connect, helping success stories unfold every day. This is Steve Matley. Join me every Thursday at 3 p.m. right here on KCAA for Building Solid Foundations Radio Talk Show. I spent decades as a professional construction manager, business owner, real estate developer, and a college educator, and I enjoy learning new things from other people. We talk a lot about real estate, business, and finance, but we cover a diverse range of other topics as well. Some of the topics we've discussed in the past few months include real estate investing, leadership, higher education, ADUs, marketing using technology, multifamily rental properties, business strategy, entrepreneurship. You never know who may show up or what they may talk about. So join us right here on KCAA for Building Solid Foundations Radio. Hi, this is Jim McLaughlin with Effective Action Consulting, and I've been a member of Fire Up Connect for, gosh, probably three years now. And what I really like about Fire Up Connect is the unique model that we go through, that we follow the agenda, so to speak, in the meeting that really has us uh, get engaged and involved with each other. Uh, in in the meetings it's not that we're individuals it's that we're all really working together to better um, ourselves our businesses and the community through the projects that that we work on so i'm really grateful to have the opportunity to network with people in this environment and it's really um, impacted my business in a big way so take a look are you a real estate investor looking for a new opportunity in one of the top tourist destinations in the world Look no further. Welcome to Punta Cana. Perla Bahia is a private resort-style community in Punta Cana that consists of modern condos, custom villas, and various commercial amenities. So if you're interested in learning more or joining us on one of our monthly investment tours, don't hesitate to contact me today at 909-494-2280. Welcome back to Building Solid Foundations. I'm your host, Steve Matley. We've been talking today with Lloyd Siegel. He is the president of the Los Angeles County Real Estate Investor Association. So in this segment, we're going to get into how he started that and why. When we left off, we talked about his background. He wrote a book about foreclosures, and that led him to a speaking circuit where he became a very in-demand speaker at real estate associations and other uh, conferences. And that eventually led to him um, becoming becoming the president of the Los Angeles Real Estate Investor Club, which later became the Los Angeles County Real Estate Investor Association. So Lloyd, walk us through that. So first, you you write the book, and all of a sudden, people start calling you and say, come talk to us. Well, so first I wrote the book to right? help people. Then I just right. two books on how to help people that are in foreclosure avoid losing their homes. And then I was getting calls from investors and, uh, and, and lawyers saying, why don't you write a book to help investors how to buy these properties from foreclosure, okay. which was something I was doing on the side anyway. And so I then wrote um, through, um, let's see, uh, how to buy foreclosure properties, foreclosure investing, and then the most okay. recent one, Flipping Houses, which are two books that help investors. And okay, based on so, those, I started going traveling around the country, speaking at different real estate groups. Okay, so I was looking at the list, and on the the what I my research said is first was everything you wanted to know about Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. You wrote, in, but we're afraid to ask. That was nineteen ninety. Is that correct? That was right before the first book. That was like right. a pamphlet. 
Okay. So many properties I was representing, so many properties that were going into Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Okay, and then Stop Foreclosure Now in California, which was published in 96. And then you did Stop Foreclosure Now, which I assume meant it was not just California, it was more broad-based. Yeah. Right. American okay. Management Association optioned that book to be national. Okay. And then you had Foreclosure Investing, which came out uh, 2012, I believe is what it says. And then Flipping Houses, I did not see on the list, but that's another book you have out there. And I know that that was written because as foreclosures were happening, you were picking up houses and flipping them. Is that correct? Right, right. That book's not on your list. Oh my God, that was my, that's yeah. my best-selling book. Is it really? Okay. That helped that the Wall Street Journal said it was the best book on the subject, but that certainly helped the sales. That's a good endorsement. Yeah, that helped. So, so you are you are active. You're not just teaching and talking and writing about it. You you've done this. You've you've got the houses. You've done the rehabs. You've rented them. You've flipped them. You've done whatever you had to do, right? I'm doing it today. I'm I'm rehabbing and flipping a house in Montgomery, Alabama, as we speak. Okay. I'm texting in between our breaks. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, it's got to be getting towards the end of the day out there in Alabama. So um, well, I make my guys work till nine midnight. So. <laughs> All right. So so you were buying. Um, uh, distressed multi-million dollar properties in LA County, or you're having them, and then you were either selling or renting them. So you've done property management, so you know all the tenant headaches and all the issues that go with that. Um, I've I've tried to avoid, I had a lot of rental properties in the early 2000s, I sold them out. I started selling my properties in early 2005, kind of anticipating things were gonna shift. And that's when I stopped doing new projects back then. And by the end of 2006, I was kind of out of all that, except for one last house that didn't sell to January of 07. Um, but I never went back to that to do the property management myself because I got burned a couple times with huge trash outs, evictions, all the problems that come with it. So now with my company, we will build um, entire neighborhoods of rentals, but the 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 economy of scale with that says that I can have someone else do all those headaches and just get the check. Yeah, as opposed to the onesie twosies, it's hard to do that. There's not usually not the margin initially to do that, unless you build a big portfolio of those up. So you that led you to become president of the Los Angeles Real Estate Investors Club back in 96. And it changed names somewhere in there. So um, how did you get involved with that? And why did you decide to become its leader? I spoke, first of all, the club was started in 1996 by Phyllis Rockauer, right. who's a legend in our business. And um, it was, uh, and I was a speaker there a couple of times. And at some point she asked me to come on board with the board of advisors and um, participate more in the activities of the organization. Um, and then I was appointed president. And then unfortunately, in 1996, she died. Um, and so all those responsibilities shifted to me, which I've been doing it ever since. And last year during the pandemic, or I guess a year and a half ago now, I kept thinking that the word club was archaic because we were so much larger than that. I mean, when Phyllis was doing it, there were maybe 1,500 regular members in our database. And we're up to now f over 53,000 people. Right. So yeah. we're the largest, we're the oldest, and we're the largest investor club in California. I start thinking that we really were much more of an association than a club. And club had the connotation that somehow you invested your money and we buy properties, you know, like that club. It, 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 yeah, it seems like a partnership or maybe an exclusive group yeah. of people. And you had to be voted into it sort of thing. Yeah, yeah we're strictly in an educational uh, facility. And so um, we changed the name. We voted as a board to change the name and we did. And it's, so now it's the Los Angeles County Real Estate Investors Association, LLC, California Limited Liability Company and happy about the change. The website is larealestateinvestors.com. Okay, larealestateinvestors.com. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you want to check that out if you have any interest at all, even if you're just curious about the real estate market um, and what goes on there. It's a great thing to check out because there are very advanced, sophisticated real estate investors that are part of that group. 
There are also people that are just coming in for the first time in their lives to kick the tires and see if this is even something I want to look at and everybody in between. So it's, it's again, it's association, not a club. So it's not exclusive. It's not, you don't, you don't have to be on the inside crowd or be invited by somebody show up, just show up. Right. It's free to attend and there's no membership fees. And uh, it's a great group of people. We meet on the second Thursday of every month uh, at the Iman Cultural Center in Culver City. And we have a vendor expo uh, before the meetings, like you mentioned earlier in the broadcast. And then every month we have a different national speaker on a subject that's relevant to investors. Right. And you cover a lot of different ground on, on that because uh, there's, I think people don't understand how broad real estate investing is. There are literally thousands of different niches within that business that you can get into. Yes. You can buy notes, you can do REITs, you can do ADUs, you can uh, do a little small apartment building, you can do house hacking. There's all kinds of things you can do. And for a lot of people, they don't understand how close they are to getting started because they think they need to have a few hundred thousand dollars sitting around waiting to get put into something and a lot of free time. Uh, almost everybody I know that got into this business and is doing well started with next to nothing or sometimes nothing and a little bit of free time. Yes. And they just focus their efforts and they work their way up to the point that one day they could replace their W-2 job. Yes. And don't forget wholesaling. Don't forget self-storage yes. facilities. Don't forget apartment buildings. RV parks. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. There's endless varieties and different strategies to buy those properties. Yes. Yes. And, and to or you don't have to buy them. You can just loan money to somebody else through your own retirement account. That's a whole that people don't even know they could do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not your 401k, but if you have a self-directed IRA you, if, and you go through the right process, get the expert opinion on this first. But anything, anything we say here, make sure you talk to attorneys, CPAs, custodians, whoever you need to talk to to do it right. But you can actually use retirement money and, and be an investor that way to build up your retirement. And it can be completely passive. Uh, you could be the bank. You can be somebody's mortgage. You can be somebody's construction loan. You could be someone's bridge loan at, at much higher interest than the bank's charge and have it secured. Where the worst thing that can happen is, is they don't pay you and you end up with a property that you acquired for $12,000 instead of $300,000 because they, they defaulted on you. So those things kind of things can happen, you know, so do the research out there. Um, I'm pretty good. I think I want to have you a speaker at our association. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, I really, really enjoyed uh, going to your association. I've been to a lot of different clubs and associations, and they're all different. They all got a different personality. One true? thing I really like about your group is that it does not require uh, annual membership. Most do. It does not require a door fee. Most do. Um, it is fully supported by the vendor sponsors by the people that provide the services to those who want to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, which is perfectly fitting and I think works great because they're the ones getting the greatest benefit for being there because they're building a client base. People going there don't have to have a risk out of pocket to go there. And if they decide they don't like it, they, they've lost nothing except for a quarter tank of gas and a little bit of time. Yeah, think about it. I mean, you're perfect. You should be my marketing director the way you describe it. That's perfect but to realize that uh, you can come for uh, an evening and meet 30, 40 different real estate professionals who are vendors who offer products and services that you're gonna need as a real estate investor and see them all in one evening. I mean, nothing nothing is more valuable than that. And to do it for free. That's, that's the amazing thing, because most people will pay thousands of dollars to go to conferences to get those same kind of contacts. And, and here it is every month available for free. We're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we'll wrap, we'll put a bow on this thing and wrap the whole thing up. I'm talking with Lloyd Siegel. He's the president of the Los Angeles County Real Estate Investor Association. I'm your host, Steve Matley. This is Building Solid Foundations on KCAA Radio. We'll be right back after this. Fire Up Connect is the most innovative business networking group. Supporting and collaborating with a dozen of small businesses that are interested in building and establishing strong business connections. Hosting educational live seminars while carrying out business and community-driven projects, as well as marketing programs as a part of its membership program. FireUp Connect also offers virtual assistance with a wide range of services including, inbound customer support, chat support, appointment setting and email management 
graphic designing video editing, web design and development, social media marketing, e-commerce solution, content writing and much more. For more information, head on over to www.fireupconnect.com. Fire Up Connect, helping success stories unfold every day. This is Steve Matley. Join me every Thursday at 3 p.m. right here on KCAA for Building Solid Foundations Radio Talk Show. I spent decades as a professional construction manager, business owner, real estate developer, and a college educator, and I enjoy learning new things from other people. We talk a lot about real estate, business, and finance, but we cover a diverse range of other topics as well. Some of the topics we've discussed in the past few months include real estate investing, leadership, higher education, ADUs, marketing using technology, multifamily rental property, business strategy, entrepreneurship. You never know who may show up or what they may talk about. So join us right here on KCAA for Building Solid Foundations Radio. Are you a real estate investor looking for a new opportunity in one of the top tourist destinations in the world? Look no further. Welcome to Punta Cana. Perla Bahia is a private resort-style community in Punta Cana that consists of modern condos, custom villas, and various commercial amenities. So if you're interested in learning more or joining us on one of our monthly investment tours, don't hesitate to contact me today at 909-494-2280. Welcome back to Building Solid Foundations. I'm your host, Steve Matley. We are talking today with Lloyd Siegel. He is the president of the Los Angeles County Real Estate Investor Association. We have a fun time walking through kind of his past and how he got into real estate. Uh, when we left off at the break, we were talking about uh, the Los Angeles Real Estate Investor Association and how it works. Um, he also, Lloyd also is part of that. Um, if you get on, you don't have to be a member, you don't have to pay a fee, but you can get on his uh, mailing list and he will send you a update, a market update on a regular basis. And it has all kinds of fantastic information that covers the entire real estate market across the country. It's an economic update, it's a finance update, it's an interest rate update, it's what's going on in LA, what's going on in California, what's going on in the Western US, what's going on across the country. Um, I get that um, from, I get that from his club and several other clubs. And I find that um, I use a lot of that information when I'm talking with potential buyers, when I'm talking with potential sellers, when I'm talking with potential investors, I can point to a lot of the resources and articles that come from those, um, really it's a newsletter that's got fantastic um, analysis and, and some of the, their own opinion thrown in on top of it. So uh, Lloyd, you do that for both your clubs. You have the LA County, but you also run the Ventura County Real Estate Ventura County is a subsidiary of the LA and right. yeah, we do it for both. Uh, the Ventura Group meets on the second Wednesday of every month, the night before. They have their own vendor expo, and then they have their meeting. Usually it's the same speaker, not always, but usually. Right. And and so if you're in Southern California area, if you're in the Los Angeles area, the meetings are in the Culver City area um, at a cultural center down there. You can go to the uh, the website, which is LosAngelesRealEstateInvestor.com, get the directions, the address. What's that? Invest LA real estate investors plural dot com. Investors, investors plural. So real estate investors LA real estate investors dot com. You're going to want to go to that site, get the directions, and go to there if you're in the LA area at all. And if you're north of LA and you you shudder at the thought of driving past Thousand Oaks into the Los Angeles freeway system, uh, then you can go to the Ventura County Real Estate Investor Association, which it meets in Oxnard on the second. Thursday of each on the second Wednesday of each month. Right. And that's for that's at the River Ridge Country Club. And that website is VC real estate investors.com. VC. Okay. And by the way, VC real the, um, the, the uh, economic update, which comes out every Monday morning that I write is called the Monday morning quarterback. And they can sign up for that at either website. Okay, and I would suggest if, if you're, no matter where you are in this uh, world of real estate, if you've been doing this a long time, if you're a vendor, if you're an investor, if you're a buyer, you're a seller, if you're just thinking about maybe get into it, maybe you just read a book about it and you think that's interesting, a Burchard book or a Kiyosaki book or something like that, or one of Lloyd's books and you're interested, then, and you just want to find out, go ahead and sign up for that. You'll get a lot of good information. Uh, when we were talking about the Vendor Expo, 
if you're new to the business, that's a good place to start doing your due diligence and your research because you get to ask questions. The way you learn is asking stupid questions to anybody that will stand still long enough to let you ask them and we'll give you an answer. That's how I learned everything about real estate. I don't have a degree in real estate economics. I, I don't. I, I have an MBA, but um, I don't have specific training in real estate. I learned everything by asking stupid questions. Great, great attitude. Yes. Yeah. So um, I encourage you also to check out Lloyd's books. Um, he's got his Stop Foreclosure Now book. He's got his Foreclosure Investing and his best-selling Flipping Houses books. Uh, now, are those available on Amazon, Lloyd? They are, Amazon.com. You can also go to BarnesandNoble.com and buy them there. Okay, a Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com. Look those up. Uh, that's Lloyd Siegel, Lloyd with two L's, Siegel, S-E-G-A-L. And you'll want to check that out and, and find out, um, you know, the, the books. The more you read, the better off you are. You can find good books. Um, what the authors of the books do is they're downloading to you the experience that took them decades to accumulate. Yes. And it saves you a lot of time. Yes. They're also encapsulating lessons they learned by making virtually every mistake you can make, <laughs> which is how we learn. Right? That's how we learn. That's right. And, and so, so educating yourself is taking advantage of other people's mistakes and the lumps that they took so you don't have to do it, or at least not so bad. So, um, Lloyd, uh, before we sign off, are there any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners and our viewers today? Well, you know, there's that famous saying about real estate, don't, buy, uh, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait, because the concept of real estate is it, it appreciates over time. You want to take advantage of that time. So that means buy now. And if you're not at the point where you can start buying, then at the very least, you should wholesale. Everyone can be involved on, in real estate investing on all different levels. Okay, so you, can you describe wholesaling? Because I think a lot of some people sure. may not understand what that means. Sure, from a legal perspective, wholesaling is where you get a property under contract, and then rather than buying the property, you sell the contract to another investor. Uh, the last three deals I've done, Tarzana and Hollywood and uh, Woodland Hills, all came from wholesalers who offered me a property that they had under contract. So if you're a wholesaler, you don't need any money to put down to buy a property. You just have the contract signed and um, and then you offer the contract to investors like me. And it's just a great way to get started. That's wholesaling. So yeah, so if you don't have a lot of money to invest, you can invest time. Wholesaling does take time. You have to do research, you drive around, you make phone calls, you knock on doors, uh, you talk to people and you try to figure out who has a need that needs to sell and they've not listed with anybody yet and you go put it under contract, mark it up a little bit and you sell it to someone else. Now, why would they pay you more for a house that, that all you did was put under contract? Because you saved them all that time. And most real estate investors, when they have a portfolio to manage, they don't have the time to go out bird dogging real estate. So if you can save that time for them and find those homes and get them under contract at a fair price, where when you mark it up and make a little money for yourself, it still works for them, they will gladly pay you because you just save them all the time of finding that. Acquisition is a big headache for real estate investors. It's a lot of work. Perfectly said. Yeah. yeah, we do the same thing in our company. Um, Really, but with raw land, we we go out and put non-listed land under option. Under option is the same that you put under contract. And then we actually change the use of the land while it's in escrow and then sell that contract with the land to a developer. And so what we put under contract was 50 acres of agricultural land. What we sell to the, the contract of developer, that land is now approved for 200 homes or a commercial site or something like that. Investors, uh, you know, we have a mentoring program. They often want to get started by wholesaling because to buy and fix and flip or to buy and hold on and rent is a much more involved process for a beginner. And so wholesaling is a great way of getting uh, sticking your feet in the water before you actually dive in. That's right. So that's uh, LARealEstateInvestors.com or VCRealEstateInvestors.com. Check out one or both of those. Go to one of the meetings. Get plugged in. Check out Lloyd's books on BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com. This is Building Solid Foundations. We are out of time for today. I want to thank Lloyd for being on our show. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. And until next week, go do something different this week.
ahead and say it. We're all ears. KCAA. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit TeheboTeaClub.com. Tehebo is spelled T like Tom, A-H-E-E-B like boy, O, then continue with the word T and then the word club. The complete website is TeheboTeaClub.com or call us at 818-610-8088, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-610-8088, TeheboTeaClub.com. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown nestled in the heart of downtown san bernardino is living history and the place you want to be on the internet it's 320downtown.com that's 320downtown.com the enterprise building with its rich interiors it's a place so special you just have to see it it's a 320 northeast street in downtown san bernardino the Enterprise Building is the heartbeat and entertainment life of downtown San Bernardino, as well as a distinguished space for your new officer building. You can grow with its newly renovated banquet area, meeting rooms, 320 bar, top deck terrace, and plenty of parking space with over 8,900 square feet of reasonable and available opportunity. Today, it's family owned and operated by Alicia Allen and their son Ryan. They've rolled out the red carpet and crafted a gracious space, keeping the historical feel of the building while providing the opportunity to create the future memories of your upcoming wedding or celebration. It's 320downtown.com. That's 320downtown.com. The Enterprise Building. It's downtown waiting for you. Take time to support and thank our community's first responders for keeping us safe. This morning's reminder is sponsored by Susan G. Rosenblum, Century 21, Lois Lar and Redlands. Serving the area with quality and pride. If you're in the market to buy or sell real estate in the area, call the pros at 909-214-5371. Again, 909-214-5371. Or visit online at suzyrealestate.com. That's S-O-O-Z-Y realestate.com. Susan G. Rosenblum, Century 21, Lois Lar is wishing everyone the very best. It's that time of year again. No, not the holidays. Medicare open enrollment. And if you have questions about Medicare, you should talk to the local experts. Paul Barachin Associate. Paul and his agents are certified with plans that are accepted by most of the medical groups in our area. Call 909-793-0385. Their services are free. And after 41 years in the business, their agents are trained to help you pick the plan that's right for you. The Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands is serving up some really cool ice cream at La Micho Acana. Then get your chocolates and other delights from Seas Candies. Moms and future moms who visit the mall can cool off and relax while they get treated like royalty at Shiny Nails or Francis Nails and then pampered at Texture Hair. The Tri-City Center is filled with retailers who care about you. Shop at the Tri-City Center in Redlands and see why they call it the Mall with a Heart. What is so supreme about the Supreme Court? I mean, besides being housed in an imposing marble building, being the final stop on America's judicial train, and having its nine members look photogenically authoritarian in those full-body black robes. And yes, its existence is written into the Constitution. But so is Congress, and no one thinks of it as anything supreme. We 330 million Americans are told we must obey the law as defined by a half-dozen unelected lawyers on this court. Why should we democratic citizens do that? After all, these legalistic elites have no actual power to force their personal beliefs on us. There's no Supreme Court army. 
In fact, their sole source of power is one that is intangible, extremely fragile, and easily frittered away, public trust. We should go along with their rulings only if they appear to be fair and honest, not based on personal whim or partisan ideology, and not meant to extend plutocratic power over the people. As Justice Elena Kagan rightly put it, the only way we can get people to do what we think they should do is because people respect us. That's where the present majority of far-right-wing appointees have failed so abjectly. Rather than meeting a lofty standard of judiciousness, all six have pulled the court down into the mire of crass Republican politics. They've corrupted the system and jeggered the law to decree that corporate campaign cash is free speech, that the state can take over women's bodies, that the Republican Party can unilaterally shut millions of voters out of America's voting booths, and so awful much more that enthrones the few over the many. This is Jim Hightower saying, respect, trust, the Republican court.